on a roll. Three songs. RBA skins, man. Bob Alright, it's Three Songs Podcast, episode 59. That's on a roll there, you know, that's on a roll, and um, I, that's, I, I know, I can, I, I could, I know every word of that song. That is a fantastic <laughs> song. We should actually, I mean, I feel bad that we didn't even really do it full justice, that we were kind of goofing off. Well, I'm gonna play, I'll play, a, I'll play an on a roll song later on the show, because I'm yeah. doing a little Richmond, Virginia action tonight, it could take a second. In fact, like you say all the time, I could do 10. Yeah. 10 shows of Richmond bands. My, it's my, I mean, I live there from age five to 17. My family's still there. And like, it's a, I, I know every inch of the city and why I'm not there. I'll never know. Well, and, you know, when <laughs> my, you, my mother and sister are thinking the same thing. <laughs> when you said you were going to do Richmond bands and you wanted to play honor roll, uh, I immediately thought of Purgatory, that song that we just snippeted, which is my favorite honor roll song. But I'll, we'll they have save some great ones. They we'll, were so good live. We'll, we'll Anyways, save go that. Ahead. We're going to continue we'll on from that. the last show. I finished yeah. with a meat puppet, and like I felt like, you know, we love that band so much. Early SST band, and yeah. um, just playing one song off Up on the Sun. I played Swimming Ground, just kind of wasn't enough. And I know you're a meat puppets fan too, so let's turn it over to the meat puppets and see what you're going to offer us. Yeah, you know, and and for me. You know, you, you played a song from, you know, maybe one of my, probably one of my top two favorite Meat Puppets records. That, that one, Up two on the Sun. Amazing. Meat and two, two yeah, amazing. exactly. Yeah. Um, essential, and, essential listening. But, but I always felt like, you know, and, and like the songs from Huevos I really liked, but the production was just terrible. Like it, it yeah, I know. And Mirage, same thing. Same with Mirage. And so I wanted to play, something that really kind of captures what I think of the Meat Puppets when I think of the Meat Puppets, which is the amazing live shows that they would put on. And the combination of just amazing musicianship, good songs, and ridiculous humor. And so... Yeah, they were a lot of fun. I'm going to... uh, If you'll indulge me, I'm going to play something from... I, I tweeted it out. I've got this... It's it's a it's an LP, but it was never released. It was issued only to college radio stations for, in the mid '80s, late '80s. It's from a live recording from the Roxy in 1986, the Roxy in LA. And uh, I'm gonna play this crazy little intro, which is um, it's got it's got Kirk, Phoenix man, Kirk, Phoenix rock. That's right, Kurt Kirkwood introducing the band. Uh, and then I'm going to go into a couple tunes, if you'll indulge, and we'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll then we'll yeah, tell some stories. Yeah, the Kirkwood brothers, Kurt, <coughs> Kurt right. on guitar and vocals, his brother Chris on bass, Derek and Bostrom, and Derek drums, Bostrom yeah. drums. Yeah, but see, so here I'll, I'll I'll play this. You'll you'll hear how Kurt actually introduced the band, uh, and then we'll hear we'll hear them at their full glory, which was, in my opinion, which was seeing them live. So, and this is the this is the prime era, 1986. Uh, I'll do two. I'll do a song called You Played Swimming Ground. I'm going to play Not Swimming Ground. And I'm going to follow, yeah. follow it with uh, Lost, which uh, is from Meat Puppets too, and arguably my favorite 
Meat Puppet song covered by famous the famous and covered famously by our heroes, the Minutemen. Yeah, and we'll talk about that afterwards. But yeah, it's uh, th- and this is from that. Uh, this is like the little intro, and then we'll go into Kurt. Here you go. The Special Forces concert with the Meat Puppets is back live. I'd like to introduce the band right now. We have on drums, Humany the Human. On bass guitar, the manliest man around, Manly the Man. And I'm Jane Wheatland.
Bob, not a, not a highly unusual, incredibly original act they were because when they first started out, I'm actually my radio show in college was named the Dolphin Field after one of their their first um, seven inch. It was a very noisy thing. Yeah, in a when car. They were playing hardcore, they were really abrasive, noisy, yeah. like bordering on un- unlistenable. Right. And then Meat Puppets Two comes out, and that. That song there, of course, is a very revved up version of Lost, which is actually kind of a very mellow song Sleepy. on the recording. Yeah. And of course, the whistling song where, like, you'd be watching this punk band, then all of a sudden they, you know, Chris would and Kurt would start whistling beautifully. But, um, well, and, and Maiden's Milk. I mean, yeah, I mean, which, this, is, they did, which is also for, their first, the first two studio albums, both on SST. And they kind of like um, somehow <clears throat> SST, they were, you know, which was mostly a celebration of Southern California punk rock, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of metal elements. Greg Ginn, of course, ran the label. 
and the Meat Puppets in a similar fashion to when SST ventured to Richmond and bands like Alternatives were on the label. <clears throat> Meat Puppets were you know, perhaps one of the most original bands in SST history. And yeah. that they, sure, the variety, and then they got like we talked briefly about the later records, and they were still great to see live because they would, they'd always put together an amazing set list of old and new. They kind of got into this like kind of swamp boogie, almost like ZZ Top sort of thing. Sure. And you said the production was off putting, you know, kind of because it was, because we were, we always wanted to hear more, you know, things that sounded like two and up on the sun, which are, you know, two of my top 50 records of all time. Okay. Well, and and they weren't from a production standpoint, it was it was just what you get. It was almost lo-fi. You well, know, two the, was definitely lo-fi and then Up on the Sun's actually pretty produced sounding. A, a little more certainly, but you know, Yeah, but, but then they then they kept going in that direction. I think they were kind of suffering in a similar way to what the Meat Puppets or what the Minutemen were when they were putting out Project Mersh. And, sure. They were trying to figure out, okay, you know, what do we do now? Now that it's the late '80s, early '90s, like, you know, what what are we going to do now? We can't, you know, bands. That's a challenge for bands when they reach, you know, five, seven. Instead of like continuing to sort of do the same thing, they they sort of try to make their band different. They try to reincarnate themselves and make, you know, it still sounds like Meat Puppets, but. Yeah. It is interesting. It's interesting because two and up and up on the sun are, are radically different. They are. They they are, and then they work with different producers who bring in different sounds. But then live, they take these songs and they all sound of a piece. Like they, album wise, an album like Mirage sounds almost nothing like Me Puppets Two. But when you hear a song from Mirage, followed by a song from Meat Puppets 2 when they're playing live, it all makes sense because it's just the band and the live experience was kind of the great equalizer, at least for me. It, even if even if I didn't like the way an album sounded, even some of the later Meat Puppets stuff into the 90s, I would always go see them because I knew that regardless of what I thought of the songs, that the band was going to put on an amazing set. And they're a three-piece, and the other thing about them, too, is like, you know, when when you listen to these bands on record, you, you kind of also have no idea as to what they look like or the charisma that comes with it. Right. And <clears throat> right. um, Kirk Kirkwood was kind of a, he was a real, he was a long-haired pretty boy. Like, the girls yeah. would sort of swoon over him, remember? Yeah, like big blue <clears throat> eyes. Yeah, and like... um you know, Bostrom was sort of an interesting member of the band because, you know, with all due respect to him, like, and, you know, he's a far drummer, better drummer than I'll ever be, but technically he was not a great drummer, whereas his, the Kirkwood brothers are so great at their instruments. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that was, you know, one of the things that's kind of struck me. They were a punk band. I mean, you mentioned it early on. They were like a hardcore band. They, they you, It was almost like too obvious that they couldn't play their own instruments and within a matter of a couple albums they went from that to being i would say arguably some of the best 
musicians in punk rock. You know, D. Boone, uh, the, yeah, Mike Watt, definitely the Kirkwood boys. The Kirkwood yeah, boys, yeah, similar to the Minutemen. Similar progression as the Minutemen. Yeah, the and, and I think that's a good lead into Honor Roll, who I think. Well, know, same era. I mean, in fact, same, I, I saw Honor Roll open for Meat Puppets twice. Yeah, and they started yeah. out as a noisy hardcore band. Uh, yeah, really noisy, like kind of in like the you know, spirit of the DC punk rock vein. And this is a band, you know, like I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen that many bands more than 50 times. I think I saw honor roll 80 because when I was first getting into music in Richmond, when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, going to matinee shows and then going to late night shows and sneaking into clubs and like, um, honorable, honorable would just be like a band. I would, I would almost see like, you know, twice a month. Wow. For a long time. Yeah. And I, I don't really, Penn Rawlings is, you talk about an axe wielder. This guy was, he went on, of course, to be in Breadwinner, and a band called Butterglove. But he was an, just an incredible axe wielder. And like, you know, he was, he went from like punk to being like a full on like math metal guitar genius. And then, and he would always work the door at shows. He was just like a downtown fixture. He's quite a character. I imagine he's still there. I, I wouldn't have seen him. I asked people you know, if he's still around, people, you know, say, yeah, he's still around. And, um, Bob Schick, who I think has five kids now, Bob Schick was, uh, Richmond had a great record store, which I'm sure I've referenced before plan nine records where if I look at my record collection today, like at least 150 or 200 records from my teenage years were bought at plan nine. Most of them were, you know, were purchased from Bob Schick. And he was one of those guys behind the counter of a record store that was intimidating because he was in like, you know, kind of like uh, the celebrated punk rock band of Richmond. And he seemed really mean, but then you got to know him and he's just such a sweet guy. <laughs> and he's such a lovely guy. And in fact, I talked to him on the phone a couple of years ago. And he's just, he's just, and actually it was so weird because one time Coral is banned after Honor Roll and I play one of their songs too. They opened for Pavement in Virginia Beach and it was so weird for me to have like a complete like huge rock and roll legend to me who's like, I know he's, um, I bonded with Mac uh, from Super Chunk because he's also a huge Honor Roll fan. They would have played a lot in North Carolina. He'd, he'd go to every show. And, of course, he put out the choral stuff. And, right. and uh, he, the, but, he uh, re- reissued that, uh, that seven inch of Purgatory that we started mm-hmm. the show with. Mm. Huge fans. And, and um, they were just such an, they, like, you know, I, I don't, you talk about bands that didn't get like the credit they deserve because they were kind of always like in this weird spot opening for Discord bands and SST bands when they came through town. I know they went on tour with Decroitson once and, um, you know, they, they worked really hard and they never really, they never really got that much attention for whatever reason, but the intensity of their live shows was unbelievable. But I'm going to play a mid-period single. They were around from like 83 to 90. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. Like, I think that's about the time frame, which is, of course, very formative years for me and listen to music and just, uh, you know, they're one of the bands like, I don't ever want to be in a band. I'm just happy to watch bands, bands like this, you know. You know, watching, you know, Honor Roll play with bands like Saccharin Trust and Minutemen and like The Replacements. So I was like, you know, basically every great show that came through town 
honor roll would be on the bill. And of course they played their own shows headlining with really cool up and coming, you know, acts in Richmond. Richmond's always been such a great rock and roll city. It still is. Right. And the venues have always been so interesting, but I'm going to play twist by honor roll. See, I'm just I'm just an idiot that was on the on the West Coast who never got to see them live, but would listen to their albums and their singles, 
and uh, was always a big fan because for me, it felt like they were tapping into this kind of sonic youth, but almost more darker goth influenced, but still very like punk rock vibe that sounded very unique in a lot of ways. I guess there were some of the discord bands that maybe kind of were similar, but not quite the same as what I would hear from that single. Well, or see, they would Purgatory. play with like, they would play with like embrace and Fugazi and like, they were just like a band that were, they were kind of stuck in a place. And, um, you know, it's like, it, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I, I think, you know, the, most important thing and I, I i don't know like if they would have any regrets like the music industry has always been a very tough game and uh in the 80s like kind of like if you weren't on like sst or twin tone or touch and go or like well whatever, they were on like, homestead pretty much homestead of course you know like we can go on and on like they, they were on know. homestead but i think part of the problem was they broke up right after their second record so it was like they couldn't tour for it they didn't do a nationwide you know like then they splintered off into a bunch of these different bands that you mentioned then, then all the bands are great like right red winner with like bobby donnie on bass he's right. gone on to be in a bunch of other bands chris farmer who's he was in a band called flat stanley that was kind of like a a pop band that used to play with steve west band before pavement Cook line all the time and then like he just became this like breadwinner was an amazing thing to watch live because the only band I've ever seen do this. They put the drum set at the front of the stage and they were instrumental and the drummer would be like the lead singer and the two guitar players would play behind the drummer. And it was just the most wicked heavy metal mayhem (laughs) I've ever seen. Like, complete math metal insanity well i'll play some breadwinner on an upcoming show but let's let's um, do it and before we we leave honor roll so two two things i want to say one i want to say like their sound to me feels very like claustrophobic if that's the right word like that song i think is a good example of it it feels very i don't know there's something about it that just feels claustrophobic to me I and I understand like the god thing but i think they're really more of a haunting thing and it's the way well like, sure ship, ship sure too like Bob Schick's vocal style was amazing. Yeah, because right. He would. Um, it was back in the days in which you could smoke on stage, and like he'd smoke cigarettes, and he'd be like, he was a lead singer only, and he'd be at the front, and he'd be like tapping his foot, and like the look on his his face was just like he was just so intense and so into it, not in a dangerous way, just like you know, this is us, and like these guys worked hard. Like he had the feeling that they practice a lot and like you know there's nothing nonchalant about it there's nothing right. slacker about it right like, right right intense pants like you know sense of humor yeah um he was kind of an hilarious guy giant head on him a man with a giant head <laughs> quite an amazing looking character and so friendly like they were so friendly like you know when you're a kid you think they're going to be mean but they were so nice and uh anyways they want a coral well, it's a band that's re- not celebrated at all. Let, not... Real quick, before you before you transition to Coral, I want to say one other thing about Honor Roll. So there's a band, there's a a, a Tumblr. When we say Honor site. Roll, it's Honor Roll R O L E. That's right, R O L E. There's a Tumblr site called I don't know if you've seen this called it's called Fucking Record Reviews Are you familiar with this? No. So it, it's you'll like it. Um, it is 
all from zines and it's con- contemporary early 90s late 80s um, zine reviews of actual albums and there's a there's a post from uh, disaster number six a review of Rictus the second honor roll yeah it's great uh, album. album great album yeah, yeah. it's it's reviewed by Bill Callahan uh, who's the editor yeah. of disaster and of right. course went on to be Mr. Smog. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Check it out. But, uh, Smoggy. We call him Smoggy. Smoggy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read some of my favorite parts about it where he talks about Bob Schick, and then he says, and behind Bob, three great musicians. Penn's guitar is sizzling as usual, switching off from a melodic twinge to a fuzzy slam. You might Chip have a... Jones. Chip Jones on the bass, right? Chip yeah, Jones. Yeah, he says, you might have a nicer car than Penn, but he's learned to exteriorize his power soul. So when Judgment Day comes, buddy, uh, Penn's going to need a ride. Judgment Day is a great song. <laughs> Chip and Seth shine also. And then he talks about their new band, Butterglove, and Chip and Steve are in a band together too. I mean, that that's part of the problem. It's like they release this record, and then poof, the band's gone. But the music yeah, yeah, lives Yeah, they kind of went away, which is weird. But like, who knows? Like, you know, for... You know, and like you know, people listening to the show might might think like you know these guys are getting too excited about this music. Who, who the hell knows how things work? But yeah. <clears throat> to, to me, like it's like uh, such an important band to me, and so is Coral. Like I, you know, in fact, this song in a play filling a hole, which is probably their best known song, if there is such a thing, has one of my favorite lyrical passages of all time, which kind of to me defines like uh, Bob Schick. So yeah, Coral filling a hole.
W.Q. Walker on the drums. Sure can set a mood, huh? Yeah, they're it's so intense, but you know what? You can get that stuff for one dollar anywhere you want it. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but anyways, I I got confused there. That the lyrical passage I love is on a song called Box Truck. A little brain fart by me there. That'll happen to me it's all okay. the time. But what's the uh, but, uh, what's the lyric says, in question? Says, at the end of the song, like I I should play it, but, like. He, and it's so it's like like to me it's like very poignant Bob Schick and it kind of defines him he says I see myself in the center of the action I see myself in the center of the action surrounded by people seems so unlikely <laughs> you know it's almost just like it's like complete self-deprecation i see like and i thought about that all the time i see like i see myself in the center of the action surrounded by people seems so unlikely like what in god what in god's name am i doing up here you know what i mean like <laughs> just like this kind of like uh I've, I've i've kind of felt that way many times in my life especially when i was in a band it's like what in the god's name am i doing yeah. here yeah looking out on this like i've got no business here but he did yeah, he had more business playing where he played than anything I would have ever done. Who the hell knows, you know? But now uh, he's one of my heroes, like and like, and uh, always been kind to me. And thanks, Bob, and thanks, Penn. Like, you know, thanks, you know, for and Dynamic Truce. I don't know if you ever listen to them. No, they're another. They're a post choral band. Oh, you no. dig them, man? Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. you got to bring this stuff, man. That's why we do this show. Yeah, but I mean, I can. I mean, like, you can't like. Um, I've got to be like a little bit conscious of like people may like, like you can't just like, okay. I don't know. Like you think about like what you're going to play and you like, Oh man, there's, there's, there's a lot of music to play. We're going to do at least a hundred episodes, but who knows? I'm being a little self-indulgent. I'm going to RVA, man. And I could do RVA for 10 more shows. That's okay. Rich, Richmond's a great rock and roll city. Here's the idea, Bob. You play stuff for me, expand my, my mind, my musical horizons, play things that you think I like and hopefully that will carry out to people listening. And if people like it, then great. You know, this is this is you and me sharing stuff that means something to us. And because it means something to us, people will get something out of it. That's the idea. I guys. hope so. Or maybe they won't. And if they don't, they can just always move it ahead on their that's thing. Okay. You know, that's yeah. the good thing about it. So, what do you got next? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to I'm gonna change things up. I'm gonna play some jazz. I'll play some changing things up. Free jazz, but this is this is um, this is not that out there. This is this is a beautiful, beautiful record uh, by a guy named Roy Campbell. Um, Roy Campbell's Pyramid Trio, actually. Um, good name, very good name. This came out in '98, I believe. Um, I think it was on No More Records. Very good label. Very good jazz, free jazz label. Who actually, I believe, released um, a collection of DNA recordings you know the legendary no wave band um and roy campbell was a trumpeter who played with a bunch of amazing uh avant-garde jazz musicians in new york like uh, william parker and matthew ship and um a lot of the heavies and he passed away about four years ago um right after i moved to new york and saw that he was playing live i didn't get a chance to see him unfortunately thought I'd have another chance, but sadly I didn't. Um, 
But missing uh, great concerts is your name, man. That it's is your game. It's that, your game. That's the way it goes. But um, you know, he his music lives on. He's he's got a lot of really good albums, both as a as a band leader and as a uh, a side man. But um, this is this is one of my favorite records that came out in the late nineties. Um, it's called it's saying a lot. It's saying a lot. There's a lot of good stuff going on. That's true. That's true. It's called Ancestral Homeland. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll qualify by saying one of my favorite jazz records that came out in the late nineties, Roy Campbell trio, pyramid trio, and the song's called bean dance.
So that's a song written by and played bass by uh, Mr. William Parker, legendary New York free jazz musician, drums by Mr. Zen Matsura. What'd you think of that one, Bob? <laughs> that was the, the really Odelia there. I think I could listen to 10 more minutes of that. Sets a vibe, doesn't it? It's a really good yeah, record. Yeah, it's beautifully recorded, wasn't it? Yeah, the whole album is fantastic. I think it was only available on CD, um, you know, because it was the late 90s, but uh, just a fantastic recording. If you can find that one, pick it up. Oh, you can find it. You can find it. It's out there. You can get it for 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, CDs aren't as collectible. They're easier to track down. What do you do with a CD? I don't know. Burn it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, you got to get the vinyl, man. Yeah, well, it doesn't... Vinyl's out there. You got the vinyls out there. I don't think the vinyl exists for that one, though. All right, bro. I'll, I'll find you one. Find, find me you one. one. You, you got one in the house? No, I don't, th- I don't think they released it on vinyl. Well, because you told me a, a sad story before the show started. You told me you're going to play that. I've never heard of it. <laughs> And you said you were going to go see the band, and you and you, because you know Teddy was a a big newborn babe at the time. Yeah, well, so we moved we moved to New York three months after Teddy was born. Teddy just turned five, so um, and it was summer of 2013, maybe fall of 2013. They had, um, I think, through the Met, uh, they had a bunch of bands, jazz bands, playing different parts of Central Park and just just like out in the open and how cool is that how yeah. cool is that I mean this is like such a New York thing and so I wanted to go to it I saw I saw that Roy Campbell was playing like oh I definitely have to check that out for yeah, whatever definitely. reason yeah. didn't didn't make it you know and then a few months later the poor man had had passed away so I missed you know talk about missed opportunities but his music lives on and, uh, you need a you need a buddy there that that like you know drags you out to shows, uh, or a buddy that stays home with the baby so that I can go out to shows. Yeah, <laughs> Cause that's, yeah, that's the bigger issue. They take turns, like that's know. the bigger issue. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you know, go to this one. Know, I'll I'll stay home with your kids. I've got no excuses. Yeah, you know, I've got you, you know you've got very good excuses. You know you, get, you have to look after your chil- children. Well, just and, one child. And Ragsy, you know Ra- Ragsy. Uh-huh. Ragsy's good. Ragsy went to the vet tonight. She's doing good. Good. Um, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna say was the kind people of Richmond, Virginia, and this is a couple that my dear friend Lorraine Schroeder introduced me to. I'm gonna say about five years ago now. She said, "You got to go see this band." I was in town visiting my family, and she said, "Positive nose playing at this great place used to be a firehouse." I went and saw them, and I got to. We became fast friends. Tracy Keats Wilson, who was in a great band called Dahlia Seed. Oh yeah, sure. And we're talking about record store employees. We're talking about record store employees. She worked at Pure Platter, so mm. I w- I would have bought records from her too. She's so friendly, and her her husband Kenny Close. They've been together for like twelve years. I think they just got married a couple of years ago. But like, they've got this great band. Again, very unheralded for whatever reason, ever it works. In fact, they're at, you know, all they want to be is like a three piece or a four piece, but they always have, they struggle with personnel. Like he plays guitar and she's a lead singer. And like, you know, it's hard to get kids to play with you. <laughs> and uh, you talk about historians. Like I go to her house, I go to their house. 
every year at Christmas time and like hang out with them for a few hours. And like these people, like you talk about a music library, it's spellbinding. They're like, they've got a wonderful house in Richmond near Maymont park. It's like, it's a, it's just like a, a record library they have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's just sick. And like, they could do like a podcast that blow ours out of the water, but, um, you know, they were, you know, who knows? I mean, like, but anyways, I'm going to play some positive no for you. I think it's probably their, like, if I had to guess, like, probably their most famous song, because they've made a few records now. And uh, they they tour, like, they put it together okay. and they tour. They take their vacations and tour like bands should do, you know, like that kind of thing. And and a wonderful band to watch and, and uh it's a lot. I think you'll like it. You've never heard you've never heard, never of, heard them, of it. Right? This this is a first for me. Okay, this is Pedal Through off their album Glossa. 2014. Okay, I'm gonna have to check them out. I, I like them. They, it has a, a definite breeders vibe. Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, they, I mean, they you know they're they're like music appreciation people. Like you run into Tracy like four years ago. I was like, hey Tracy, like what are you into this year? She's like, you need to check out Proto Martyr and the Go to Beds. There you okay. go. She yeah, she tipped like, you to the Go to Beds, huh? Oh yeah, and like I think I think we're both gonna be on their new record <laughs> on Pub Sop or Sub Pop. I mean Sub Pop. 
and uh, like she sings on one song and she worked on her thing. I just did mine in the laundry room. Who knows? Like God knows if they even use it, but Eli Kazan, great guy, Pittsburgh rock. But yeah, anyways, that's oh, cool. Man, there's so, such like I like. Oh, that. I love those people. I love to be their neighbors. The kind like of people love to have his neighbors. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, hey, here's the deal, Bob. You and Wit move across the street. You can invite. Tracy and Ken, they can live. You'd love them. You'd love them. They're next so corner, smart. yeah. You know, there we go. Yeah. We'll we'll just we'll just take over the whole block. Forest Hills. Schwerbon, I'll get Schwerbon yeah, back up there. Sure. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Done. Okay, that'll be fun. We'll have a good time. We'll go see shows together, and like somebody will look after the kid. We'll just flip a coin to see who looks after the kid. Okay. Perfect. That was, you know, sounds like we got it all solved. Sounds like Teddy's like you know he's like. He's dating now. Like sounds like he's almost <laughs> up to the age where he can basically like uh, babysit himself here, and when he's about nine. But yeah, kind of. For that. He can kind of he can kind of tell stories on his own. He can keep himself entertained. Yeah, he's a he's a brilliant little chap, isn't he? he? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The stuff that comes out of his mind, I have no idea. You know, like where it. Oh, comes these from. kids today. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. Oof. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna play a song. I'm gonna play a band. I think this band is a little underappreciated. And well, I think that's a, that's a sort of the theme of the show. Isn't it, it? it sort of is. It's again, uh, again, again, except for Meat Puppets. I yet think, again, but uh, I think Meat Puppets. I think Meat Puppets, like you know, have gotten. I mean, obviously, Meat Puppets were greatly assisted by Nirvana covering Lake of Fire, right? Which I think I think tonight is the anniversary of that. To be honest, uh, mm. I think I saw something March nineteenth, whatever that year was, ninety one, maybe something like that. 92. Yeah, ninety two, ninety two. Must have been ninety two. Historic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, Kurt, you know, Kurt had impeccable music taste. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. he did. Uh, and and that's the thing is, he would always recognize those that influenced him, which is, you know, I think is I think that's admirable. Sometimes people and he was willing to tell people what he didn't like either. That's which was yeah, cool. That's that's you yeah, know, so straight up. I met him once. Him. Have you ever? In fact, you ever I recently drove by Wells Fargo Arena when Foo Fighters. I dropped my wife off at work, and Foo Fighters were playing at the basketball arena over here. And like, they had like an obscene amount of tour buses, like six or seven. Wow, tour buses. And I was like, wow, what do you need six or seven tour buses with? When I think I don't know what the hell they are. They like a three or four piece. Like, and I was like, you know, my only thought was like. You know, what would Kurt think of all this? I mean, <laughs> but who cares? Who, who cares, cares what I thought? Right. But it was like a notion, like it's this, I'm going home to probably watch like some, you know, meaningless college basketball game with a $20 wager on. We, we, we and, won't uh, talk college basketball. What's that? We don't talk, you want to talk college basketball? No, 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 no. Dude, utter and complete chaos in the <laughs> tournament. Like, I mean, like regardless of UVA's historic loss to UMBC, which I'll tell you what, UMBC should have beaten Kansas State last night. They just couldn't make a shot. They should have beaten them. They're, they only lost by us. They couldn't make a shot. They'd have beaten them too. And like, uh, but I mean, like, you know, it was off the hook. It's like Arizona got beat 25 by Buffalo. Right. And and North Carolina got beat 21 by Texas A&M. Those that, that, look, hey, the main story out of this year is the 16 seed beat the one. Right. But we were right. We were right for the picking. Right. <laughs> Right. I told you that, like you know, right. like you did. We you were did. Vulnerable, and, you, you, you know, you, you tipped it. You tipped it last show. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, but yeah. So uh, I met Kurt once. Do you ever meet Kurt? Oh yeah. 
Okay, well, I met well, him at Reading Festival, and he was like, um, not in good health. Yeah. And I was like, and we were about to play, and I was really nervous. In fact, I spent like about 40 minutes on a portalette before I went on. Reading Festival 92, I was more worried about Gary than anything else falling apart. And there, there was incredibly strong wind blowing in our face. And we were like third on the bill. Like Melvin's, I know, played that day. I think L7 would have played. And like, we were early doors, and, like, he was standing there, and, like, yeah, he's kind of jockey-sized, and, like, yeah, he's a I went guy. up to him. I'd seen him a bunch, and I went up to him, and I was like, man, hey, thanks a lot for putting us on this bill. He's like, he was just, like, weathered, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not doing well. I think it was, like, not too far removed from him being in the Italian hospital after collapsing there. Right. And he was just like, he was kind of like, dude, man, get away from me. Cause I was just pumped. I mean, like, I was like pumped like I am for these shows, like, <laughs> like the three songs pods. It's like, you know, you know, this is paid more. We're playing 12 songs at Reading Festival. What the hell are we doing here? And like, there's a huge buzz around. And I saw PJ Harvey play that weekend. She was majestic. Right. You know, during the dry era. I mean, just majestic. And, um, and it was just like, he was like, kind of like, dude, get away from me. And I went backstage. And I was like, Kurt doesn't get care about us. But I'm sure he did. Who knows? And I know who he likes the Jews. I know right. he likes Silver Jews a lot. Right. And who knows what was going on? I, I, I met him once. I think I mentioned it on the on the show before. Well, I'll save it for another time because we've been rambling a lot. I got one more song. You got one more song. Yeah, so I got a shorty. Uh, that's okay. I, and I got I got one. It's a, it's a, it's a three-minute pop song. Like I said, a band that's a little underappreciated. That's the theme of not just this episode, but I think the show in general. Uh, and I'm guessing you're familiar with them, but you might not have heard the Blake Babies in a while. And Yeah, I know the band. You know, it's Juliana Hatfield. It's Juliana Hatfield and... Um, Fresh out of Berkeley, man. Fresh that's, out of Berkeley. That's right. Free, free to Love, who... Prior on the first album, she went by the pseudonym Frida Boner, uh, which you know, I mean, I guess Frida Love and Frida Boner are kind of you know two sides of the same coin, but um, <laughs> they kind of sound like fake names. So they they sort of they sort of do, but I think I think it's a real name. I think Frida Frida Love uh, at least she still goes by Frida Love, I believe, and she still plays in bands. And Blake Babies put out an album. Uh, I don't know, in the in the 2000s, I believe. But this is from their 1990 LP. You know what you're doing? You're theming in a way. You're double beaning. Am what, I? You played a. Well, sure. You played a bean. You played a bean jazz song. Okay. And and now you're taking us to Bean Town. That's right. I am going to Boston. Um, I'm on your game, my man. I'm you got it. Game. You got it. You you you're picking up what I'm putting down. This is um, yeah. reminds me of the time like when I was like when I first went to Boston. And, like, Gary said, what are these people famous for? Lobsters or Boston baked beans? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what are Boston? And when you think of Boston baked beans, don't you think of that candy? Oh, yeah, of course. And the red shell that's, like, terrible. It's a yeah. terrible candy. Yeah. Yeah, it was like when some when you were a kid and someone gave you this, you were like, what the hell is that? Give me yeah. some chocolate. It's like, it's like red poison. Yeah. Like Lance, yeah. Lance, Snake, Lance Snacks made it. Lance, like, the people that make the crackers. Like, I thought it was like bean-flavored candy. I'm like, what the fuck There's is There's nothing this? Boston about it. Like, yeah. you can go all around Boston and you can get lobster everywhere. Right. And, you know, all kinds of great seafood. But, like, you ain't going to, I mean, 
Boston baked beans. Anyways, please, please. Yeah, we 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 digress. This is from 1990 from their second album called Sunburn. You don't you don't digress. I digress. This is this is a track called Star. It's funny. We we mentioned Nirvana. I I could have played their. They actually in '91 they put out a song prior even to Nevermind coming out. They put out a song called Nirvana about how much they loved Nirvana. Which I could play, but I'm not going to play that. I'm going to play Star. Check it out on your own. Here we go. Did you tell the story about meeting meeting Kurt Cobain? Did you tell it? I I think I told it on a previous show. I'll save it for another one, though. Oh, cares about previous shows. Anyways, who cares? I'll save it. You know. Anyways, good band. You know, they were a good band. They were. They were fun. Kurt was a nice guy. He was very soft-spoken when I met him. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. You That was Star Blake Beans. I haven't heard that in 25 years, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, seriously. I mean, great pop band. 
and I think forgotten. Sounds great. Sounds great. It sounds. It still sounds vital today. You know, it's funny. There, there, there's a band out or a woman. I think who goes by the name of Soccer Mommy, getting a lot of buzz, and the album's good. It's not bad, but when I listen to it, I just keep thinking this sounds like the Blake Babies. Well, same. I would say the same with Bully. Very, very popular band from sure. Nashville, Tennessee. Sure. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, and it's not like the Blake Babies were the most original band in the world, but they were they were just a good pop trio. Um, occasionally, and I, John was it John what was his last name. The guy, the other guy in the ba- the one guy in the band who would occasionally sing some songs, and sometimes they do duets. Um, just well, you're asking the wrong guy to get I'm, his name. Julianna Hatfield. Julianna Hatfield. You know, she She's was supposed strong. to be. She's putting out records on American Laundromat. She records, is, which is it's a great record label, Connecticut based. They put out um, Elliot Smith tributes, and they put out a really good um, Wes Anderson uh, tribute of all the songs from Wes Anderson movies covered by bands, and they put out the Tanya Donnelly triple album. Mm, nice. Really good guy. Can't think. Can't think of the name that run the guy that runs that label too. But it's a great label. That's okay. That's okay. So uh, we've both. I'll rambled. finish the show. I'll finish, finish it off. Finish it strong, man. I'm gonna take it to Matador Records. I'm relying on today, you. 2018. I'll take it to this year. Wow. This year. Current. Yeah. I'll take it to this year. And I'm gonna keep us in Richmond. And like this is she's put out two albums, Lucy Dacus, 2016, 2018. And um, she's buddies with another Matador artist. They're same age, 2021-year-old 20, women. And the, and Julian Baker's from Memphis, and Lucy's from Richmond. And they tour a lot together. And it's very interesting to me because it's I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into it. I, and, like, I think I like it. I really like this song. And this is um, a song called Non-Believer off of her new album called Historian. This is Lucy Dacus, Richmond, Virginia. Into the river. Told your mom that you're a non-believer She said she wasn't surprised But that doesn't make it okay You say nobody loves a city Nobody loves what can love back One way ticket in your pocket What happened to the charm of a small town If you find what you're looking for Be sure to send a postcard You promised to
That was pretty. The kids are all right. They are all right. Richard, Virginia, did you hear about uh, the thing that happened in Kansas today? I didn't. Are you going to make me sad? No. The um, Apparently a bunch of kids, because they've got no rules that can run for governor in Kansas, and a bunch of kids are going to run. Good. Yeah. More, more power to them. them. More power to them. So, you know, yeah, more power to them, and, you know, Let's get Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker and car seat headrest to play all the rallies. Got to Kansas and like, let's fire things up, you know. That's right. Because right. they say like, you know, us old men aren't doing anything right by this country, are, are we? You know, <laughs> not really, not really. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, I don't Despite trust anyone over thirty. Like, we're just you know beating our heads against the wall one, one more time. That's right. Uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you, sir. I'll see you on Wednesday night. What a pleasure. You, yeah. yeah, always. Thanks, for everyone, Sorry for about listening. Sorry senseless shrivel on the show, but, you know, we, when you play Meat Puppets in honor roll, we're going to get a little talky. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. People can fast forward if they don't want it. So uh, Thank you. Yeah. we'll do this Good again bro. soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for putting up with us. Hope you enjoyed Dude, thanks it. thanks for rocking the bean dance, man. <laughs> I'm still rocking it. I'm going to put the bean dance on again. <laughs> you do it. You do it. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Have a good one. You too.